much better um, than other neighboring communities. Our real issue uh, is expenses. Um, so we don't actually have a revenue problem within Sausalito. We have an operational efficiency, i.e. expense uh, problem that needs to get dialed in. And so the finance committee is, is trying to, to understand how and why that is. Um, on the topic of the CDA contract, we were just, uh, uh, Chair Riley and I were trying to get some clarity around the direction and the opportunity. Um, the original document I had seen put aside something like 100 and, pardon me, 75K, and then I saw the CDA had asked for um, 150K. So uh, I asked uh, Marsha Raines, who is now no longer our interim city manager, um, the, nobody in City Hall can actually find the RFP. Um, there's no record that an RFP was actually issued. Uh, or that there was a public vetting process. So I just wanna sort of share that information that was shared with me. Um, just doesn't mean it didn't happen. Uh, just I, I, the documentation hasn't hit my desk to be able to share it with you all, which I was trying to do so that I could um, see with the, uh, the budget that was anticipated so we could fold that in. Uh, the other thing uh, at the finance committee meeting, Charlie gave a presentation on the balanced budget um, he had EDAC uh, uh, request as a placeholder, and I kept asking him to confirm that they were in fact built into the balanced budget, um, or whether some of like the permitting uh, requests were built into the CDD, the community development budget. So I do want to go back to him and, and make sure that that got included on whether it is a separate line item or whether it's actually in CDD. So I do have that as, as a task. Um, and then the last question I think maybe for, for Don, um, do you have any sense, you mentioned sales tax revenue as a means of offsetting some of the spend. Do you have any sense um, how much uh, sales would need to increase in order to produce enough sales tax revenue to offset the um, requested budget? Yeah, the basis for my, for my comment was projected uh, revenues we were seeing over the course of the last year at EDAC uh, as a result of the pandemic, so no, I don't have I don't have a base number for that because what I've been looking at, and what you hear reflected in my comments, is we were looking at columns that said, and I'm paraphrasing here, uh, this is the bad budget column in terms of bad revenue projected. This is the worst, and this is the absolutely awful, and we're now we're right now we're projecting towards the bottom of that. This is the first I've heard that we're projecting higher which is great. And I think that, uh, hallelujah, that, I heard that and I started going, wow, that's true, that's fantastic. So you probably saw a big smile on my face if you put that. But the, uh, I think the principle is then in a balanced and logical way, what is a way to help build the, rebuild the momentum of Sausalito's businesses across the entire city, including the Marine ship is where my office is based. And across the entire city, we can do that. And we, we can uh, continue to improve our competitive position so that we can develop better businesses and be more selective about the kinds of businesses we want to have, whether it's through planning, whether it's through zoning. So I think there's still an imperative for the quality of life in the city to do those things. If the financial imperative is less urgent, boy, would that be wonderful news to my ears. So that's where I'm coming from. That makes sense. Yeah, and if I'm trying to information gather to share with you all so that the questions don't come up at council and we're left going, oh shoot, I wish we had that info. So I'm trying to um, take care of that before it gets to the, the public uh, conversation. 
Vice Mayor, I, this is Tom. I'm uh, concerned about your comment that we can't find the RFP of the process. So um, now I, I share with you, I also was looking for it this weekend. Um, but just doing looking, I thought I'd find it online, but I couldn't. Um, I, if, if you think it's all right, I'll reach out to Brian Mora um, and see if he can give me some direction on where, where this process was or who was hosting it. But it's, it's Yulia Brian um, who kind of ran the process. Yeah, um, I'm happy to continue to, to push that on my, on my end as well. I was uh, just going through, Heidi who's our city clerk who has almost every paper um, yeah. and, um, and Marsha and just thought it was an e I thought it was just an easy question so that I could just bring it to you guys. I didn't realize the answer was going to be, uh, we don't know. Yeah, but my understanding is, you know, there was a formal process, three bidders uh, responded. Um, CDA was had to renegotiate their pricing twice to get into range. Uh, and that was selected. And then the next question is, you know, are we committed to that contract if, if it's all formal? Right. Uh, but it'd be nice. Let's, let's see if we figure that out before tomorrow. Um, I'll do whatever I can for sure. Uh, Tom, I, oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, two things. I think Jessica Rogers may have uh, the RFP. She certainly was involved in that process. So it'd be good to reach out to her. And then um, con uh, concerning uh, Janelle, when you were asking about the increase in sales tax or re sales tax revenues or whatever, I know on our letter to the council in support of the permitting uh, funding, we did a pretty detailed analysis of the projected increases in sales tax and TOT tax as a result of improvements to the permitting process. Thank you. Yes, we the, the permitting process we have pretty detailed. Um, when it comes to um, marketing, um, it's always harder to tie that to sales tax, right? And uh, but we did put justification in the things that Scott's an expert in this on number of impressions, number of visitors, things that you can track post a campaign. Um, someone sharing a document. Oh, Scott, you're sharing. Hi, this is Scott sharing. Um, I, I was just going to chime in and say I don't have the RFP, um, but I went hunting for it as well when we started this process because I wanted to understand what was the ask made. Um, and this is what I was able to find on the city's website. Um, and I don't know what where I landed to find this, but this was the official document. Um, so we may be able to find the RFP link in the minutes from the um, August 27th, 2019 um, minutes. So that, that might be the best place to start. Um, the RFP was issued on, on September 19th, 2019. So um, that may be at least a, a starting point for us. Uh, Tom, this is Julie at the chamber. I, I can't raise my hand, but this, you will probably find it in the former hospitality and BAC information because we, those two committees were the ones that signed the RFP. So, and I don't remember if Brian was here at that time when we originally signed the RFP. I do not know. Um, I believe I have a copy of all three proposals at the chamber office, but I don't think I have a copy of the, of the RFP. But I think if we look under the former BAC and the former hospitality, we will probably find it there. Thank you, Julie. That's yeah, good, good advice. Okay, so here's what I'd like to propose. Um, 
see, uh, after a moment, if there's any other comment from our members, then I'd like to open up to the public for a comment. And then I'd like to come back and discuss, uh, see if we're aligned to what we present tomorrow night on this topic. So any other comments from our liaisons or council members? I have a question for you all, uh, which is um, whether any thought had been given uh, to how to measure success on any of these initiatives. Um, we have a variety of proposals on permitting and otherwise, including marketing. Um, and I'm just wondering if there is some low-hanging methodologies that have been considered or to or could be proposed for measuring success quantifiably. Councilmember Sobieski, in the letter that we drafted last month to City Council, for each line item where we requested, we listed both qualitative and quantitative things that we can measure, especially quantitative, uh, as we set for our measurements of success. So those were detailed in a letter, um, but not all of them can be measured in dollars. It's hard to track exactly how many dollars each visitor will generate, but we can track um, click-through rates, we can track increase in hotel rates, we can tra track you know, increases in visitors during certain events, we can track our parking, um, and are we increasing our parking post one of these campaigns? And so those are the type of things we detailed in that letter. Okay, at this time, I'd like to ask uh, any public attendees if they would like to make a comment on this topic. And if so, please uh, raise your hand in the Zoom application. At this time, I see no public comment. Um, so coming back to this committee, uh, at our last EDAC, uh, we held a vote and we unanimously approved recommending to the City Council that they fund the CDA project beginning July 1st uh, for a two-year commitment um, and that we would further, and we did submit a letter recommending that, and that we would have our attract subcommittee meet with CDA to further um, refine the work and Scott shared that what we did to refine it and make it more targeted and aligned with what we're doing. Uh, we also discussed uh, working with the then city manager about an interim proposal to get started before July 1st um, and uh, that is still on the table. So I would, we had voted on it, I'm happy to present that recommendation again tomorrow night uh, but I'd like to just confirm that everyone's comfortable with that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we need to re-vote since we, we did it. I just wanted to uh, have a confirmation on that. Okay. So that clo that closes out uh, item 4A. Um, I have a question. Yes, Cass. Sorry. Um, the... I wanted to point out, it's my impression at least, that uh, the funding for one year of this contract actually is carryover from last year. Is that mm -hmm. correct? It was not spent, it was budgeted last year, and it was not spent last year? <laughs> that is the first I'm hearing that, so I do not know that. Let me do some research on it, but that, that was my understanding. In fact, I think we have a presentation somewhere. Oh, well, so we, 
we did have a economic development budget that um, had two hundred somewhat thousand dollars in it. That was used to fund the Cosmot study uh, and a number of other programs. There still is $109,000 remaining in that budget. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes. And that is a budget that does roll from year to year since it was geared towards capital projects. It was an accounting question of whether it could be used for this or not. And uh, we'll need to review that with the new city manager. But ideally, if we could tap into that budget, uh, that would be great. Yeah, I think, hopefully we can. I think that's an important point to make. That our asks aren't, an, you know, brand new asks, that some of it has already had some funding. Yes. There is $109,000 in a budget that can be used for economic development. Can it be used for this contract we need to uncover? Okay, I'd like to move on to our next topic, and I believe, uh, Ms. Monica Finnegan will lead a discussion on um, ideas that come up around events that the city can um, collaborate with businesses and the chamber uh, to help drive business. And, and where the focus is, as mentioned earlier, in helping drive business in the off season. So, Monica. Thanks, Tom. Um, I'd also like to thank Scott. I think we are extremely fortunate to have his expertise uh, take us through this process um, because it's a very important process. All of the uh, retailers, restaurants, all of the businesses in town a year ago have asked for something like this. So I think they'll be really excited that we are able to uh, affect that. So we're working a little bit here with a, a little bit of a moving target on some ideas that have been thrown together, thrown out, established for some events. It's not just to have an event, but it is to find ways to attract uh, visitors back to Sausalito. Uh, certainly, you know, we usually have 2 million and, and some days of the week and some months we've had zero. So it's been, you know, sadly um, affected. But the stated goal is really to attract um, local visitors as well from uh, the regional area of the local Marin County and also from um, the state of California. Julie's working on a program for Visit California that is to drive um, more visitors throughout the state. So we've kind of come up with a few um, events that would help us sort of focus on some downtime and some locations in the city. We're scheduling um, a meeting on June 16th with some of the stakeholders, the restaurants and hotel operators and the retailers about their input on what kind of events would be good and when and where and how and the theme and things like that. One program that we've already established and have agreement from all stakeholders is the Holiday 2021 program, which is a collaboration between Parks and Rec, a collaboration, uh, other collaboration members include the Chamber, EDAC, and the Waterfront Foundation. And so there's been about, a maybe a month of events that have been planned and it should be fun and we've got to do some fundraising around it with businesses but we've requested some funding from the city and other folks that are collaborators have also uh, committed some funds to it some of the work that we've been trying to uh, uh, focus on is working on some of the branding issues that we think that we will develop um, certainly, it's the artist uh, establishment here. 
some of the music and the 60s and 70s and that kind of thing that, that has been uh, the, the, the statement for Sausalito. Uh, food and wine is certainly a big um, issue here in the Sausalito and also some waterfront activities and some of the other um, areas. So we're trying to kind of focus around some of those things as well. And once we do get the branding done, I think we can elaborate a lot more carefully on that. Um, the downtime, we've heard a lot from the hotels that their downtime is, or dead time is Wednesday. So one of the things that we were talking about establishing is a Wednesday night live event that would be once a month that would bring an artist and a musician to town somewhere in both Caledonia and uh, downtown. So that's an idea. None of this is cast in stone. Uh, it's These are just ideas that we're throwing around. Some of the other ideas that we have passed out for consideration, um, as you all know, the art festival is canceled. So we are and have discussed with the uh, city council the idea of doing some interim activities and some interim leasing in the Bank, Bank of America building because it's sitting there and it's begging for some attention and for some company. So we've talked about doing some interim uh, artist uh, showcasing there and maybe some other events. Um, we have some discussion about um, a boat show, which would be in the Marine Ship area and around uh, Clipper Harbor and had some initial dialogue with uh, Silver Seas and some of the end users there, the, the uh, West Marin folks are willing to be involved. We've talked again about a restaurant week and uh, those would be in the um, uh, winter of 2022. And uh, another idea that we've been working on and we have to find the right date and I think it's could be a real fun celebration is a waterfront, open waterfront uh, festival. And Bob Lalon is working on that one to celebrate our unparalleled waterfront location and have some uh, sporting events and some uh, hopefully Bay Area wide uh, uh, response to that. So those are just some of the things that we've been talking about and that we're uh, working on. We're hoping to get some good feedback from the June 16th meeting with some of our stakeholders and come back with maybe a little bit more of a formal uh, suggestion. So with that, open for comments. Malcolm, um, you and I exchanged uh, about the a boating show uh, and particularly a fishing uh, show, an annual one. Uh, did you have any further discussions or further thoughts on that? It's your area of expertise. I haven't asked the most likely venue if they're willing to host the site here. Um, I have talked to some of the local businesses and everyone's super excited about it. Um, just made a quick tally. There's uh, five brokerages here in town and four boatyards. Um, there's a couple of gear suppliers that would really be into it, but the location is going to be the big deciding factor. So I haven't asked for either Clipper or Sasoto Yacht Harbor, some other site, if they're willing to host yet. I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what's in it for the host and how we can best present the idea to not get the door slammed shut in our face. Um, but with definitely a lot of interest from the participant side, we need, um, you know, one of the landlords with lots of acreage to get as excited as we are. And that, that I still have to work on. Excellent, Malcolm. And just for everyone, I've. Uh 
These boat shows, when done well, are annual events that draw the same visitors every year. Um, and I, I go to a boat show in Annapolis every other year. Uh, and so you travel far and you stay in hotels and, uh, and we're such a great fishing village that you know, having a theme around fishing boats and all the tackle and all that would be a, a great uh, building on that grand part of our, our city. So thank you, Malcolm and Monica. Um, and Monica, um, part, is part of that this, the pairing festival that is mentioned in one of our meetings? That would be a, like a wintertime event? It's one of the, it would be one of the partners that we would hope to connect with during either the boat show or, or one of those, yeah. Well, ironically, this morning I was down walking my little labradoodle at uh, near Dumpy Park and right next to the, uh, the, uh, the cruising Sausalito cruising club saw behind a fence a Sausalito herring festival sign tucked away up against the building. So, did Sausalito used to have a yes annual herring yes. festival? Yes, right. Yeah. right. How long ago? Did so that that's, the, that's the Sausalito Community Boating Center, and they sponsor the herring festival. So they they had the first herring festival in Gabrielson Park. And then they uh, took a year off because it rained. And then they had it here at the Bay Model for three, four years. And then this past year, 2020, they did it virtually. They typically do it the last Sunday of January. But it's an event that the Community Boating Center has taken on as its own. It's their own baby. And they do it in conjunction when the herring's running. So that's why it's at the All end right. of January and um they're the owners of that so that's why you see that sign because that's their that's their site got it okay and bob that's the ideal time of year we'd like to you know either collaborate with them or shortly thereafter have another event because that is low season for us and if we can bring more visitors in february or late january that would be ideal you know it might be yeah. that uh the, is it bass fishing the big store you know the big you get someone like that to maybe come down and co-sponsor and they would i'm sure from a retail standpoint maybe even set up a tent with you know fishing gear and all that stuff so yep. uh could be good and bob while you have the mic can you share a little more color on your thoughts around uh the kind of the, the paddle fest or open waterfront and this is actually an idea that the vice mayor teed up with me many times ago and Bob has brought some great thinking on it, so maybe you could share some thoughts for that. Yeah, I'll go down the list real quickly. So there's a, up at Lake Tahoe, they have an annual, uh, the Tahoe Nalu, which is a stand-up paddle, prone paddle competition, uh, brings in hundreds and hundreds to the lake. And the gentleman that founded that and running it is engaged with me, I've known him. So I'm, I'm talking, I'm speaking with him. And then certainly rowing, um, you know, we have the, uh, the outdoor rowing up at Clipper, um, where you could have, you know, single skull competition, uh, the Hawaiian outriggers, um, sponsoring kayak racing, um, you know, maybe even have some high school rowing. I mean, you, there's probably endless rowing possibilities. And I, and it was fun a couple weekends ago when they did have that sculling regatta out here along the waterfront. Um, I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, you, you could see the waterfront align with people. Um, we've had discussions about an open water swim. Um, uh, and um, I think there's a lot of opportunity there. 
Um, I've also spoken with uh, the the water club, water polo world, and some of you may remember there's they've had water polo uh, events in McCovey Cove next to the ballpark, and then they've also had them on the lee side of uh, of uh, um, Yerboina Island, and uh, the folks that have been involved with that thought that a water polo competition with either college and or high school teams the waterfront Salido would be a, a very exciting thing to have and then um i've talked to some folks at the Salsalito yacht club about some uh you know dinghy racing and or you know small catamaran racing or you know the latest thing you've probably seen on the bay are these the the uh thin stand-up surfboards that are uh you know powered and uh and and they're having like races regattas now so there's a whole bevy of different sporting activities and as monica said you know there's there's no other city on the bay unlike sausalito that has really anchors in all those you know right here in marin ship and in other places in town so um the idea would be is we would try to identify a key player in each sporting category that we could then have them uh, help us establish what does it take to get this done um, and and head up that event. And obviously it's gonna, there'll be eventually a lot involved, I think with, you know, police, fire, Coast Guard, life safety issues and all that. But, um, you know, these have all been done elsewhere and, and there's a, you know, there's a roadmap map on how to get it done um so uh that's the plan at least at this point and we're quite open to suggestions and community people that could help join in who are involved in these events so thank you bob uh, we're going to go cass's play they had her hand up for a while so um cass we'll go to cass and then um i'd like to go to public comment on this and then we'll come back and uh, talk about next steps so cass you're muted I just wanted to point out that Scott also has his hand up. Um, I have a question about the fishing boat um, event, which I think it was done with the Herring Festival. It could be incredible. And that's really when we need uh, visitors is during that January, February timeframe. Um, is that like boats, people bringing boats and they're on trailers to, for people to look at or how is, because I was wondering if the Bay Model parking lot could be used or, but I'm not sure how these things are structured. I can speak well, to some of that, having hosted many, many boat shows, if, if anyone wants my comment on that. Um, so typically, uh, if it's a small boat event, boats would be brought in on trailers for display. But typically, uh, here in the Bay Area, it would be more, um, you know, larger yachts, 20 to 70 feet, 60 feet, something like that, in the water. A few small boats, life rafts, you know, depending on what vendors turn up and rent space. It's usually a, a pretty large collection of tents full of vendors who want to display their wares. Uh, and then often there's seminars. I, I do a lot of boat show seminars uh, on a range of topics, but um, they're generally pretty well attended here in the Bay Area. We more or less lost our biggest boat show uh, event, which used to be at Jack London Square. Uh, it was sort of 
cast adrift when uh, Jack London got redeveloped, and it's been at Richmond a couple of times with, with moderate success. Um, I don't know that we would try to capture that show within what we would do here in Sausalito. I think Tom's idea is a great one to just do our own show, um, either focused on fishing, which is a big draw here, or to um, try to target sort of the smaller and mid-sized yachts that are sort of the bread and butter here, certainly of our five brokerages here in town, 20 to 50 feet or so, 20 to maybe 60 feet. It's kind of the, the norm here. But it's usually um, a three-day event, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, some boats floating in the water, and then lots of equipment gets trucked in, set up for display. Then it all gets broken down, similar to what goes on at the art festival. Be about the same size and scope, typically. Great, thank you. That's great. I'd love it if we did something like that, and you know, tied to the Heron Festival. That would be really outstanding. Okay. So One comment on the timing, though, that. The Herring Festival in January and a boat show in freezing cold sideways rain, probably uh, a non-starter for a lot of vendors. We'd want to probably be more in the fall. So the, so again, if we want to, I, I feel like a broken record on this, but if what we want to do is increase the business tax revenue for the city of Sausalito, the time in terms, uh, if you want to, the low time is January, February, March. That's when all the hotels, all the restaurants, all the retail have a lot of capacity and we don't have enough visitors. So yeah. I, I think there are all kinds of events that we could have that would be a lot of fun, but I don't know if that's EDAC's role because EDAC is supposed to be developing, developing the economy of Sausalito. Um, so I'd like to just make sure we focus, if we're talking, if we're focusing on hospitality and increasing, you know, restaurants and hotels and retail that we really need to focus to have an event in the in the winter and the fall is not a problem the summer is not a problem well i would like to share malcolm uh ironically i always thought february was terrible the last three februaries have been the best weather months out of the year and uh this this recent february was much better than it is right now so uh, we should look at you know, the almanac look at february is like a potentially great great time so with that, um, I'm sorry, John, you wanted to make a comment, then we're gonna to go to public comment, okay, John? Just, just real quick, um, uh, I think um, at last, week, last week's planning commission, Clipper presented a big project that they have in the works. And so any, anything that's being considered at Clipper, uh, somebody needs to talk to them because they're going to be replacing essentially their entire marina, all the slips, all the, the, the piers, and so it, it's a big deal. I don't know when it's going to happen, but I think we need to coordinate with them if we're conceiving of anything happening there. Great. Good advice. And Malcolm, you know those folks. Ra Rachel has her hand up, too. Hi, Rachel. Hi. Can you guys hear me all right? I'm in a loud space. Okay, cool. And I thought there was a little hand button, so I was looking for that. God, no, it's a physical hand. Um, I just had a question about open studios. I know that the ICB and when I was a member there, you know, winter open studios was a home experience, but I was wondering if anyone had talked to the idea of really uh, networking with all of the artists in Sausalito and galleries um, and almost kind of thinking of an event, you know, maybe almost like an artist walk prep, you know, Thanksgiving, yeah, somewhere in there that sort of November time when the weather's maybe still decent to do a walk or do something as an event. 
uh, before the holidays. A great idea. Great idea. Great idea. We'll make sure we add it to our list. And, and after we go to public comment, I'll come back with it and I'll propose a recommended kind of next steps here. But let's um, at this time see if there's anyone in the public that has comments about this discussion we had about potential events that the city can do in collaboration with uh, the business community and the chamber. So I'm going to scan our. Uh, well, I see Janelle, you have your hand up. Um, so, Janelle, do you, do you have a comment you'd like to make? Vice, sure. Vice Mayor, tell Yeah, well, yes, Janelle, Vice Janelle, whatever it is. Uh, so thank you, and, and Monica knows I'm excited about this because we sent many emails back and forth as did uh, Tom and I have talked about it. So I love the idea of the waterfront community letting the water be accessible. Like how exciting is that? So I had made some, just some suggestions, but I had some questions too. Um, so whether or not you all would see this as a, as a one day event or a weekend event that has you know, three days and a different event every weekend, or to, um, I think Cass's point, whether you take three months and you say over the course of three months, we're gonna celebrate our waterfront through these different types of, of events and then try to, you know, um, have that type of activity that Cass was mentioning is needed during those, those months. Um, how can we build out that business case that shows increased revenue to the city? Any more detail on that based on other people's experiences? Um, I know Bob, you already mentioned Open Water Rowing Club is here. Um, if you want to have a regatta, there's certain um, requirements with U.S. rowing that you'd have to get. But we also have um, a Marine Rowing Association right up in Green Bay. Maybe they would want to partner and come down. Uh, I also mentioned to um, I think Monica that uh, uh, Scott Penzarella, who's one of the owners at Golden Gate Market, used to run uh, cycling trips in Europe. And he spends a lot of time up in Bend, and he would be a really great resource to help maybe plan some of these things beyond uh, members of, of EDAC. So I think there's a lot of energy for, for this, whether it's rowing or fishing or a boat show or stand-up paddleboarding race over to Angel Island. Um, I think it'd be really cool to look at it uh, in a manner that really sort of shows off our waterfront and, and helps people gain access in a variety of ways. So I think it's a really cool idea and just want to commend you guys for, for moving forward. Thank you, Vice Mayor. Um, uh, Ms. Sandra Bushmaker has her hand raised. I'm going to ask Sandra to unmute. Hi, Sandra. Hi there, everybody. I highly support the uh, activities on the waterfront, and I love the hearing these ideas uh, incorporating activities on the water, by the water, and for the water. Uh, I think it's a great idea, and I would really, really encourage that. Uh, I think that speaks to Sausalito's brand. In my opinion, we don't need to rebrand Sausalito. We already have a brand. Let's build on it. Let's embellish it. Let's make it work. And and the, the, I kind of shudder every time I hear the words rebranding of Sausalito. And so I would really, really support these kind of activities. We could even insert food booths and make it a, a draw for the public to come and enjoy Sausalito's waterfront for a weekend or several days, whatever it turns out to be. But I think we've already got a great brand and I'd like to see this committee work on developing our great brand that we have and not rebrand and go off in a different direction. Thanks a lot. All right, bye-bye. Thank you, Sandra. Um, Council Member Sobieski, welcome to Thanks, the um, I think I know the answer to the question, but I still would love to hear it articulated to what extent the CDA proposal serves specifically to market some of these events, such as the uh, waterfront 
event, which would, of course, require a fair bit of marketing to make sure people know about. So can you speak to that? What portion of the of the budget would serve directly to support, for example, the waterfront event, but perhaps the other events you've mentioned? Mr. Thornburg, please. Sure. So we've asked them to be um, flexible this year um, and specifically to focus their efforts in supporting the events. So I think uh, we have a lot of really great ideas right now. Um, as we get some of these ideas closer to, you know, we've, we've locked in dates, we've locked in, you know, sponsors, supporters, where the event's happening, um, then, then we'll be getting those details to the firm and they have committed to promoting that uh, with the resources they have. For the record, I would like to point out again that, uh, and, and I hate to sound like a broken record, we did give them limited resources. And so we're asking them to be very strategic in what they're spending on. And these events are absolutely critical and a really core part of that. So uh, as the, the rest of the city and the rest of EDAC efforts are to promote these, these um, key moments and bring people into the city at moments where we need to drive revenue, CDA is gonna be there to support them and, and to support those uh, wider efforts and to amplify the work that's already being done elsewhere. Yeah. And furthermore, that uh, Scott had asked them to take their PR dollars and allocate that towards off-season with the belief that we would be promoting these off-season events to bring more people to town. Okay, so um, I see no other hands raised from the public. Thank you everyone for your comments. Here's what I'd suggest as next steps, and I don't, um, uh, I don't think we have anything to quite vote on yet. What I would suggest is in our next meeting, one month from now, we have a list of all our ideas, and there could be six to nine ideas. And we settle in on the top three that we'd like to pursue and with those top three, for each of them, we ask for a chair. And the chair can either be one of us on the EDAC or it can be a, a member of the community to chair the effort. And we put together a committee uh, that's comprised of EDAC uh, and the business community or other residents that are passionate around these three programs that we would pursue uh, in the nearest amount of time possible. Some of these might take 18 months to plan or 24 months to plan, right? It's not like you can put on a boat show next February, um, but I'd leave it to Malcolm to know when's as soon as we could put that on, but begin working on it. Um, and, and I would recommend no more than three. Um, so that's that's my suggested next steps and I'd like to have a discussion if anyone has any other ideas. I totally agree that we need to narrow it down to three events and just focus on them. Otherwise, we'll be talking about events and never putting them on. Yes. So I completely agree. The other thing I want to throw out is that um, what kind of uh, interface could be done with the Park and Rec Department? So they principally handle events. So, um, you know, do they have mm -hmm. some buy-in on this? I hate to think that EDAC kind of works in its own little insular world and uh, and, and then Park Rec does something similar to it, and even maybe the Chamber of Commerce has has stuff. I mean, I I think that um, yeah, there'd be a, it's the, we need some synergy uh, with what we do. So somehow, um, I, I'd like to see some kind of synergy with the, with uh, you know like Park and Rec or whoever else that does that kind of stuff. 100% agree. Um, I've already had a meeting with the chair of the Park and Rec. 
uh, we decided just on that, we need to collaborate. Um, she has engaged with uh, Monica and other members of the attract committee around the idea of like, is there a tactical art show we can do? Um, so yes, we need to be very closely collaborating with them. I've also, I've, I've talked to the chair of the planning commission. Uh, one of, I think our goals is to be lock, stop and barrel with the other uh, commissions and committees uh, that are working for the city. I also think, I think every event should have a partner and not just EDAC. Uh, and we're really working around those kinds of ideas, talking with the Sausalito Art Festival about maybe being a partner in some sort of art event. Um, we've already got the holiday party or holiday week set up and the partners are engaged with, with that. It's the chamber and uh, Parks and Rec. And uh, as Tom said, the chair of Parks and Rec is very excited about involving getting involved with uh, arts, art blocks, or those kinds of events. So I think the goal is not for EDAC to be necessarily the lead, but EDAC to sort of come up with some ideas and help with the marketing and, and pull in the community to take ownership of it all. So I think that's, that's the goal. I'll just mention that I'm the uh, liaison to Parks and Rec, so a natural person to help coordinate on this. And uh, indeed, Parks and Rec is trying to be more than just parks and rec. It's really focused on emphasizing arts and emphasizing activities inside the town that are aligned with our brand. So this idea of uh, partnering with them to add an authenticity, a broader authenticity to the events we do and connecting them to not just serving visitors who come here, but residents who live here and people who work here and people who have a stake here uh, is something that I think everyone would get be behind and be excited about. So uh, Monica's already, I know, engaged a lot with this, uh, with Ray Gorham and others on Parks and Rec, and um, it's kind of a really an exciting collaboration. And I will just mention that they are trying to model themselves on how effective uh, EDAC is. Uh, so you should all feel good about the path you are cutting to show our um, other boards and commissions um, a way of working that's effective uh, and um, positive for the community. Thank you, Councilor Sobieski, and thank you for the introduction to the Parks and Recs. That, that will be uh, very beneficial. Okay, so um, here's what I suggest. Um, I'm going to ask Monica to collect all these ideas. If you have any that we haven't discussed, please send them to Monica. Next, next meeting, we'll have a list of events with a short description of each, uh, maybe the resources just some you know concrete information for us to look through have a discussion and see if we can settle in on uh, a short number of them to focus on okay so um we will now move on to uh one of the highlights of our day we have some guest presenters uh from the Sausudo working waterfront coalition swwc uh this presentation was arranged by uh john deray our one of our members. So, um, and I thought it would be good for us to learn more about what's happening in the Marine Ship and how we as EDAC can support um, the efforts in the Marine Ship and the businesses there. So this is an informative discussion. Uh, John, we'll turn it over to you. John, you are still muted. There you go. Sorry about 
Yeah, thanks, Tom. Uh, let me just give a very quick background before I turn it over to Craig. I'll be running the slides and Craig will be giving a presentation. Um, so the Working Waterfront Coalition started uh, almost three years ago, uh, came out of a perceived threat, um, which uh, kind of proved to be valid uh, over the last uh, few years, I think, a threat to the Working Waterfront uh, companies. Um, and so this, this organization was formed and about a year ago, it became a 501c4. And um, I'm one of the board members. Craig and Amy are also uh, two of the other board members. Um, and um, Annabelle is in Europe. She can't make it uh, today. So um, if Craig is ready, I will share my screen. Craig, you're muted. So I'm going to share my screen a second here. So I will need to unmute Craig because he is not a host. Okay. Okay, Craig, I have, you should be unmuted, Craig. Unmuted, this is Craig, I'm unmuted. Let me get my video rolling and we'll be ready. See, I need the video relaxed, the restriction relaxed. Uh, let me work on that. Um, yeah. We can hear you, so you can begin. So I'll, I'll start rolling here and video will follow. So. Uh, as was explained, I'm Craig Merrilies, and I've lived in town about 20 years. Um, and uh, I, I want to uh, thank uh, I want to thank uh, the chair, Tom Riley, for inviting us to collaborate and cooperate and, and work on a plan here to see if we can't do something to support the working waterfront and maritime industries here. Uh, that we have. Um, I want to move on to the next slide, which talks about the three objectives uh, that we set uh, for our organization and uh, let you know that these three objectives did not come out of thin air, but they came out of uh, a process involving a lot of collaboration, including the uh, event that many people will remember took place at the Spinnaker um, almost two years ago. and. Um, uh, has followed with literally uh, dozens and dozens of interviews with experts and uh, folks in the Marine ship and uh, uh, as, as well has involved uh, collaboration with professional um, planning consultants uh, that helped us uh, zero in on the most strategic um, objectives. Let's look at the first one involving advocacy for Marine ship businesses that the coalition has been doing. Um, John will pull up the next slide and, and uh, uh, the first slide, you skipped a little bit ahead there, but we'll talk about um, no, this let me one go. first. You want to go back, John? Yeah, let me go back. Hold on. I'm having a little problem with this. Uh... Okay. Um, in terms of advocacy, which is the slide before this one, um, we, we've been working. Um, there we go. There we go. Um, uh, the, the guts of this is a Marine Ship Business Guild. Um, this is uh, the folks who actually do the work, the industrial, the, the maritime, the working waterfront uh, operators and workers uh, in this unique zone that we have here in Sausalito uh, have formed a Marine Ship Business Guild uh, to advocate on their behalf um, and make sure that the voice uh, of the people that are there now uh, doing work and creating so much incredible economic vitality um, to the city are not drowned out by a handful of, 
uh, folks with other agendas. Um, the uh, Working Waterfront Coalition has also made the website a place that's interactive for other makers and doers and industrial uh, folks, investors interested in this kind of work um, to know more about the Marin ship and to, uh, to have one-on-one uh, -on -one contact so that they can find out what kind of uh, resources are available for them to locate in the Marin ship. So we've been serving this um, valuable function. Um, another thing we're, we're uh, doing is to look at the Marin ship uh, as an innovation zone where uh, new industries, uh, new businesses, applications of existing uh, uh, tools and materials and uh, processes can be adapted to new and different um, problems. So uh, an example might be during the beginning of the COVID crisis, you could not buy hand sanitizer anywhere for any price. And the same went for face shields and masks. And the entrepreneurs and uh, folks concerned about the, the society in general uh, set aside some of their work and scrambled to put together face masks and uh, uh, hand sanitizer at a time when none was available. And so they were able to provide this uh, for uh, and make it available for first responders, for folks working in hospitals, nursing homes, um, at a time when it literally wasn't available. And that kind of resilience, that kind of um, uh, ability to pull together with a vast array of skills and make something happen that was thought to be impossible because our supply chain was linked fatally to China, um, just shows uh, the, the kind of initiative that's possible. Um, uh, same thing goes with, um, you know all sorts of new ideas including um, what to do in in times of crises and maybe make uh, battery barges available uh, the marine ship venture lab um, a project that involves the um, uh, uh, presidio uh, graduate school um, features uh, an effort to bring folks into the marine ship uh, venture capital in there um, folks that want to invest in in the industries that are here to make them even better and more successful than they already are and bring in new ones. Let's move on, John, to the next. Yeah. Before we do, I just wanted to give a shout out, a shout out to, uh, on these first two bullet points that are here to uh, Chris Gallagher, um, neither of these Point. two would be uh, possible without um, Chris's uh, help at the uh, Bay Model, so. A big amen to Chris and the Bay Model for her, her leadership work in that area. Um, same goes for another, um, aspect here and this again speaks to the central role of the bay model the education work that goes on in the marine ship um, and it ranges from the bay model to um, exciting new projects that are being developed the um, uh, the spalding boatworks for example has put together boatworks 101 uh, this is going to be an apprenticeship program that started to take shape prior to covid and is getting re restarted now that we're uh, returning to a semblance of normalcy and um, they will have apprenticeship programs for young people who need and want high-skilled, high-paying jobs that aren't available elsewhere and provide them an opportunity to dead-end retail jobs at low wages. Um, this is an absolutely critical part of uh, a regional economic strategy and one that's been um, embraced with great zeal by educators, school principals, uh, superintendents, 
who uh, see this as a tremendous opportunity for kids, particularly kids that might not have opportunities in, in other areas in the, in the professional world to get high tracks to high paying jobs. And that work is taking place in the Marine ship right now. Let's take the next slide, John, which shows just some of the various educational outlets um, where this kind of training and, and um, apprenticeship work um, exists and can be added and supplemented to what's already taking place um, in terms of educational work. Um, we'll move on to the next slide if we can, since time is short. Um, um, I think, I think um, uh, Chairman Tom Riley uh, challenged us to, with a good question, which I think he did probably did the same thing with, with several other partners in town, which is how can EDAC support our work? Um, the, the, the answer, I think, to that is um, in, in a number of areas, and, and uh, before you are, are some of those. Let's look at um, the challenges and opportunities that already exist in the marine ship, starting with the need for a business inventory. I, I'm, I, I, this may, you may find this hard to believe, but even though some on the city council are proceeding with an aggressive plan to rezone the Marin ship. The information about who is there and what is happening in detail in the Marin ship literally does not exist. And I, I think it's the position of the working waterfront and, and I hope EDAC that having information is absolutely essential, accurate information about who's there, what kind of businesses are uh, located and what kind of work is taking place uh, is absolutely essential and currently we don't have the answer to that question. Uh, uh, there was uh, work that was done almost a decade ago. We need to do a similar uh, business inventory and I, I, I can tell you this could have some very important spin-off benefits in the way of tax revenue um, for businesses that aren't registered, aren't paying taxes, aren't um, uh, fully conforming uh, to the uh, to the opportunity for us to benefit from tax revenue there. Um, the second thing that we might take a look at and love to hear your feedback from is the uh, an economic impact study. Um, and we cite here the Port Townsend type study, Port Townsend, Washington being uh, like Sausalito, a ferry terminal, uh, has a working waterfront. And that study um, is seen around the country as an excellent example of how communities can benefit from working waterfronts and local resources they have that are underutilized and and can generate significant increases in tax revenue um, and benefit the entire community. Um, uh, the, the last point on, on this area in terms of challenges and opportunities has to be the, um, the challenge of sea level rise, which was widely cited by folks who attended that conference two years ago at the Spinnaker. Um, but come up with innovative ways to deal with sea level rise and to tap the, the brain power and the um, unique combination of entrepreneurial and uh, highly technical uh, operations that are taking place in the marine ship right now to offer a unique mix in approaching that problem. Um, let's look at the next bullet here. And this, this is to really underscore the incredible local economy that exists and and with also implications for the region we have 450 floating homes on the edge of the marine ship 
and 2,000, more than 2,000 boats located right here in Sausalito, not counting many thousands more in uh, adjacent communities. All of these boats need repair, they need updating. Um, they're constantly adding uh, features to their, to their vessels um, and they need regular maintenance. And much of that maintenance is done right here in Sausalito and it's an incredible generator of revenue. It's also an incredibly stable generator of revenue and as we just saw in the crash that, that destroyed many small businesses and retail operations in Sausalito, that was not true for the Marine ship. And those, those businesses in the Marine ship, including ones that were um, uh, maintaining vessels, uh, were booming and continue to boom right now, as, as John DeRay pointed out. Um, the final point on this area, this section is that we have this unique combination of skilled craftspeople, artisans, um, and industrial experts uh, to make all this happen. And all of them are essential to have a successful maritime and waterfront industry. Now we can go on, John, and, and we'll look at the next uh, bullet, which is um, another thing that we think that um, we could encourage here with EDAC's help is a bi-local procurement policy so that City Hall is doing everything possible to support local businesses, uh, particularly in the Marin ship. It may be printing, it may be plumbing. Uh, the city is already um, uh, doing, uh, handling their auto repair with uh, businesses in the Marin ship. Uh, the same though could be done for fabrication and other projects. Um, so if we remember and if we make it a priority and if we have a resolution or a directive from our uh, elected officials and recommended by EDAC, uh, we could do even more of that because we have incredible resources here in the Marin ship that can handle just about anything um, in the areas that I've mentioned. Um, let's look at um, two final areas here. One is the promotion of low impact affordable spaces for industrial and maritime and art. Um, if we believe that it's so important and, and I think it shouldn't take much to persuade you that this is an incredibly important resource and a unique one here in Sausalito compared to other cities. Uh, to keep this going, we need to have low-cost, affordable uh, buildings that um, are not luxury and are either rehabbing existing or taking advantage of low-cost prefab metal buildings. We need help from the city to make sure that people don't get stuck in red tape in the same way that other business owners have talked about uh, their experiences sometimes with the building department or other uh, departments to the city that issue permits and do good regulatory work, um, but sometimes need to be reminded that time can and often is of the essence um, and that we can achieve both goals of doing uh, successful regulation, uh, but without uh, needless uh, uh, blockages that sometimes arise and uh, need to be uh, looked at closely. Um, uh, uh, Craig, let me just add yeah. one thing on this item. You know, it, if you build a $4 million building, you have to charge uh, um, the uh, tenants um, a particular amount for their lease rate. If you build a, a building that's much lower cost, then you don't have that same argument to charge a, a, a you know, a, a big lease rate like that. So it really helps to um, keep these industrial and maritime and artist 
in the Marin ship and allows them to expand if they can expand into these lower cost buildings, which is really all they need and which is, um, you know, these buildings can be quite uh, attractive. Right, and, and I, the, uh, in, in the final area here, John, is the promotion um, and marketing uh, of this particular kinds of resources that are available in the Marin ship and the opportunities to come here, locate your business here, um, assuming that the property owners are making those uh, opportunities available at reasonable lease rates, that the buildings that um, can house those uh, kinds of operations are affordable and not priced out of the market, um, which they easily can uh, be avoided with, with some of the steps that we suggested in terms of the prefab metal buildings, uh, even use of shipping containers. Um, but uh, we, we were talking earlier about promotion, advertising, branding, um, some of those uh, some of those resources could and should be used, we think, to help attract um, uh, good paying jobs and the uh, entrepreneurs that are providing them to the marine ship. So um, let's uh, let's conclude with uh, what should be an obvious point, but one that's uh, very serious and again is uh, coming increasingly into focus here, and that is the problem of zoning and enforcement. Um, there is a terrible problem in the Marin ship with um, a kind of advanced speculation by landowners who see, uh, uh, see signs that the city council is getting ready to radically change zoning in the Marin ship, and to do so in a way that unfortunately would ultimately destroy and drive out the industrial uh, businesses, the waterfront businesses, the artists uh, that make our community unique. Um, and, uh, you know, none of this is being done with evil intentions. It's all being done with good intentions, but it nonetheless um, is, is a terrible, terrible challenge that threatens to destroy the marine ship. So um, making sure that zoning is protected, making sure that um, businesses and industries can remain there without inherent conflicts, for example, with angry homeowners or people that think their property values are, are dropping because toxic waste turns up or because settlement occurs or because the noise and the lights and the operations of an industrial waterfront um, get in the way of uh, their uh, maximum enjoyment in their condos or whatever um, some of the landowners would like to put in there. So um, we need help to protect the integrity of the marine ship zoning. That was the uh, effort that took place almost 30 years ago and a, a new round of uh, vigilance is necessary. So thank you all very much on the EDAC for your work. We really appreciate and, and feel in solidarity with what you're doing uh, to promote and save these resources and look forward to hearing your feedback comments and, and uh, hopefully collaboration in some of these areas. Thank you, Craig. This is Tom and uh, John. Thank you for arranging uh, that presentation. Uh, I think and one, thank you for the ask at the end. Uh, there's good news that we are aligned in a number of areas. So the first thing on streamlining permitting, Craig, if you go back to the April 13th city council meeting, we submitted a letter with 35 recommendations to streamline the permitting process geared around businesses. So um, we want to change ourselves from being a city known as being hard to do business with as one that's very streamlined and helping businesses open faster. Secondly, um, we have a subcommittee called Retain and Recruit. And that subcommittee is working on how do we keep our businesses and how do we recruit new businesses. 
Now, candidly, a lot of our work has been towards the uh, merchant district, but I think it'd be interesting to have you meet with that subcommittee and we talk about uh, the friendship in the industrial zone and what are some of the challenges. Um, but we've put forth recommendations to city council on how to streamline or provide financial incentives to attract tenants into our merchant buildings and maybe there's something we can do uh, for other businesses. And then finally, um, we have another working group called the Diversification Committee that uh, is leading an effort around enforcement and hopefully we'll have an update later um, on that. So I wanted to, at least three areas we were kind of engaged, probably could do more, but um, uh, well aligned. So thank you for that presentation. Thank you for the work. And I'll call out our uh, member, Chris Gallagher. Thank you for supporting them with uh, the Army Corps building all your efforts. Um, any other comments or questions from other members? Yes. Um, I wanted to make sure you were aware, and I'm sure Janelle can talk about this uh, more eloquently than I can, but um, Vice Mayor Kelman is leading up a sea level rise task force. And uh, she, she works us very hard. Uh, but it's, it's very new, and she can speak more to it, uh, but we're working very hard, and, and so we should make that connection there. And I don't know, Janelle, if you want to fill in more. Sure, yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with, with infrastructure and what is going to be available um, and, I guess, feasible in terms of ingress and egress uh, over the next 5, 10, 20 years. Um, I have to take the opportunity, of course, to brag on Cass, who is a mapping and modeling expert and literally my hero. So we're, we're in good hands here with understanding the impacts to, to Sausalito. And I think it is something that throughout town, not just certainly the Marine Ship, our entire 2.5 miles needs to understand um, you know, the impacts from, from climate change and uh, look at things like disaster preparedness and circulation. So it, it is definitely related, yeah. Sure. To make a quick comment, um, I want to thank John and Craig for great presentations. I think that kind of brings together all these issues that have sort of been swirling around around EDAC and around the City Council and brings it into one concise sort of uh, neat little package. Um, really wanted to emphasize the BetWorks 101 program um, I've been hearing about that for a long time. I'm diving into that program with both feet. I'm volunteering pretty heavily. I'm actually probably going to be teaching some classes for that program. Um, there are, there's nothing else like that in our area. I don't know if there's anything, even on the west side of San Francisco Bay, that would come close to having sort of a unique trade school like that that will take students and send them directly into not just high-paying jobs, but jobs right here in this community. Um, it's the most circular business model you can imagine. Um, you know, taking people right here from our town, giving them high paying jobs in our town. And those, those businesses that I can tell you from 30 years of being in business in Sausalito, um, they tend to spend business to business here. So uh, I would ask everyone to really do what they can to support that program. And it's just a, a wonderful, um, you know, unique and rare opportunity to have something like that here in the Bay Area. So I'm diving in. I hope everyone else can, uh, can get behind it as well. What, and I was thinking on that, Malcolm, when we're talking about our CDA program and the things we can promote. I mean, just 
educating that we are we are education center for waterfront activities is powerful <clears throat> and to sandra's earlier comment you know that is our brand we're a waterfront we're a fishing community a boating community and so we can build on it and thank you craig i didn't know we had that much education happening down there what, uh, this is amy here one item that kind of got dropped uh from the presentation the very last bullet sometimes that happens um, is really using the city channels to uh, communication channels to promote yeah. all of this would be wonderful currents and other um, ways in which the city shares this kind of information with um, the community would be invaluable. Yeah, uh, Amy, uh, that, that's right. We forgot that. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we, we've had a few attempts at doing that and we've been denied. So hopefully um, we can convince um, you know, Abbott to, uh, to allow us to, to uh, put some content on currents. Um, the other comment I wanted to make is, I think we all love everything that we see here in terms of the working waterfront, um, but I hope you all looked at the little video clip that uh, was in the agenda. Um, we're losing these people because they can't find spaces. They can't even five, find 500 square feet to expand their shop. So we're losing them. And this is the real issue. Um, uh, we've lost two in the last you know, six months, two really good businesses. And unless we turn that around, you know, we're, we're not gonna have room for these uh, new sea level rise technologies. Um, a lot of, in a lot of cases, these uh, businesses, they can't pay the lease rates that the uh, the the property owners are demanding, and so it's an issue. I brought it up before, and it's it's something we're going to keep bringing up. And and you know we'll talk a little bit about this issue uh, when the uh, other subcommittee uh, presents a little bit uh, later. Thank you, John. We're going to go to Monica for final comment, and then we'll go to public comment. Yeah, I just wanted to quickly say one of the things that helped us when we first got started in the downtown area and also in Caledonia was we actually did a vacancy study of what spaces were vacant and then that allowed us to really take a look at what to work on and i just wondered if there is any such uh, study that's been completed in the marineship or if we can help uh do that this can be done easily through some of the brokers in the community and things like that so that's just a question to talk about yeah, so monica we are doing uh, uh be doing an inventory there was as uh, um i think actually craig mentioned and and maybe malcolm too there's inventory taken about 10 years ago by an individual we've uh, gone back to him and um asked him to uh, lead us or or help coordinate the project to update the inventory and if not do it himself and so uh, I think John DeRay has been talking with him directly and, and we were gonna address that in our um, our subcommittee update. Okay, good. Thank you. Okay, we um, will now go to public comment on this topic, the Working Waterfront Coalition presentation. Um, we have Sandra Bushmakers raise her hand, so I will uh, ask Sandra please to present. Hi, I want to commend the uh, Sausalito Working Waterfront Coalition on their excellent presentation and really critical points that are made. And I'm really hoping that EDAC can get behind the efforts of the, of the SWWC, Sausalito Working Waterfront Coalition, uh, and helping to keep the Marin ship what it's designed for and how it's been used for uh, decades. And this use is a, is a benefit to everybody. 
As you've heard, it's a, it's a great resource for the city in terms of revenue. It's a learning center, and it's certainly a place where we can put effort into dealing with the uh, sea level rise crisis that is facing us. So I really encourage EDAC to get behind the SWWC and give it the help that it has asked for. And I would certainly support EDAC in that effort. Thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Um, at this time, I see no other hands. So just to wrap up this, I don't think there's anything for us to vote on. One, thank you uh, unanimously from all of us to uh, SWWC for that wonderful presentation. Um, I believe that, um, uh, Craig, if uh, you can't find that information on the permitting, I'm happy to share it with you or I'll, I'll put down my activity to forward it to you so you know what we're doing. Yeah, I'm familiar with it. Um, we will have the retain recruit team meet with you to see if there's ways that we could help uh, there. Um, and then I also recommend that if we have approval from city council to move forward with CDA, that we will do a meeting with CDA and SWWC as part of that walkthrough. So we have a budget that they could spend five hours. So we'll, we'll allocate a portion of that to getting to know your work uh, and go through this presentation so that we can start talking about how we can promote uh, that area. So I would recommend those as action items. If there are any others, good chance to discuss. Okay, we're a little behind. So I'm gonna ask us to kind of move forward. Um, the next item uh, is our recover subcommittee led by Teresa uh, asking if you have any update on the parklet standard design discussion that we've had. Uh, yes, I'll try to be kind of brief um, in my little discussion here. Um, so I did meet with um, stakeholders on the parklet and uh, our kind of understanding was that the community development department was going to actually be presenting on the topic of parklets and curbside cafes at tomorrow's uh, city council meeting but i didn't see that on the agenda so i'm going to assume that's not happening so um now the plan is to move forward with the plan that was on hold uh because we wanted to see what the cdd will had to say before we kind of move forward uh so i have formulated a bit of a three-step plan um, step one being coming uh, up with an ordinance that specifically applies to parklets and curbside cafes uh, because I feel having a look at the through the municipal code uh, regarding encroachments and so forth uh, it seems a little too broad I think that it needs if we want to move forward with encouraging which parklets and curbside cafes seem to be a thing that are going to be staying around then we need an ordinance that I feel like applies strictly for that particular scenario. Uh, step two would then be uh, coming together with processes and forms and helping to expedite the process, the permitting process for the, the parklets and curbside cafes, you know, and it would cover topics like drainage, electrical, ADA accessibility, kind of like plants, all of the kind of like major concerns that kind of go into building one of these structures and then three would actually be having a standard design i mean what's nice is that parking spots are standard sizes so you know we can get a design that's kind of plug and play that if they don't want to hire an architect to go through the process of designing them a specific park that 
you can take this design, plop it into the parking spot in front of your business, and you're kind of good to go with maybe some various modifications here and there, depending on whether you are actually applying for a parklet or a curbside cafe. So that's, that's my update, Tom. You're muted, Tom. Thank you, Teresa. And there's no one better to lead this effort, uh, someone who has successfully delivered a beautiful parklet uh, and understands all the challenges. So thank you. I noticed that Vice Mayor Kelman has a comment to make. Yeah, I'd like to just try to help. First of all, Teresa, fantastic. As always, not surprised, you know what you're talking about here. So thank you for, for jumping in. Um, we did ask that this be placed on the June 8th agenda. It turns out there was a little bit of a disconnect between what staff thought they were conveying to business owners and what business owners were hearing. Um, and then also a disconnect between what the community thought was the program. So um, the request went back to staff as something bigger, I think, than they were prepared to present on June 8th. Um, and by that is, does this program only apply to Caledonia? Is it citywide? Should Caledonia be looked at differently? What happens if you have full street closure, half street closure? Um, what is a parklet? Is a parklet a public space? Is that different than outdoor dining? Um, and so we referred to the San Francisco program, which actually is very well thought out. It has criteria, you know where you stand. Um, and the request was that staff come up with something that anybody could understand exactly where they stood and not have to get bogged down and trying to figure out where, where they were. Um, and so uh, staff wanted to do a public workshop to solicit feedback from the business uh, community as well as residents to facilitate that. I had sent uh, an email to Lily last week asking what the date was when I also found out it wasn't on June 8th um, and I haven't heard back yet. So I will take that action item to try to find out. And then also say, I think I can speak for Ian when I say we both think the idea of um, some standard templates uh, and designs is a fantastic idea. And it seems like something that would work really well for, for our community. So I'm very delighted to hear you're, you're looking at that. Um, and you may also know, I think Tom knows this, that uh, the Planning Commission has a subcommittee that is ready to go on to work on these issues. And so maybe it becomes sort of a joint effort between EDAC and, and Planning Commission uh, to be able to hear the business concerns with the planning um, and move something forward quickly, if, if possible. Well, I, I mean, I definitely feel like I might be able to help with terminology. In fact, I, I aborted my uh, presentation a little bit. A part of it did actually include terminology definitions. Um, and I did see and have been researching uh, pretty extensively on uh, how other more larger cities have been defining what each one is, a curbside cafe or streetery, as I've seen some places versus an actual parklet. So I would love to actually collaborate more and kind of uh, see where everyone's at on that. Fantastic. Yeah, Vice Mayor, it'd be very helpful if you could help uh, our subcommittee um, be connected with CDD and the Planning Commission on this. So we're all kind of working in unison. Happy to, I, I would have happy to. And again, Teresa, you're a perfect person to spearhead this. So thank you for giving it the time. Thank you. Any other comments or questions before we go to public comment on this item? And I've learned I have to do public comment everything. So, um, okay. Thank you, Teresa. Maybe, that. you know, I'm gonna just chime in a little bit because Janelle and I did take a stab at just moving this along last month and it is hard sometimes to herd all the various constituencies that are involved in here. So 
while I certainly think it's absolutely an opportunity to collaborate and to be engaged, don't let that stop you from moving the ball forward on a on a specific workable proposal for how to make these things happen. If you do have architects or designers um, or your own personal experience, um, Teresa or anyone else that could inform an actual proposal. I think, you know, Lily's busy with lots of things and um, actually putting a sharp pencil to a piece of paper to make a specific proposal about how to attend to all the various issues at hand, as well as learning from neighboring communities that are are ahead of us on this would uh, move the process along quicker. We've been talking about this now for more than six months and it's um, not great that we're not further along. And uh, that's partly because nobody's in charge about actually making it happen. So while we are, you know, certainly the staff's trying to do their best and everyone else is as well, uh, there is, uh, don't let that, the fact that there are other people working on it keep you from thinking about possibly taking the lead on, on being the the sharp pencil uh, to a specific proposal. Uh, well, actually, Ian, we're on the same thought process. So I, I really do want to take the lead on this. And uh, I do understand where you're coming from, which is why I started with this kind of like three-step plan of what I feel like needs to happen and uh, have already kind of started the ball a little bit. I just waited because I didn't know if Lily would have something. I, you know, I don't want to reinvent the wheel if she had something already and going then that was great but uh since i saw it wasn't on the agenda now i'm actually going to start my own ball rolling awesome thank awesome. you so thank you for that uh uh cheering us on uh, and it is kind of our mind. we want to get stuff done and uh many times we'll, maybe it is asked for forgiveness instead of permission but try to go forward with recommendations and that's what we do we just deliver recommendations and so this is what i'm confident that Teresa and her team can help Okay, um, I'm going to ask for public comment and give 10 seconds to see if any hands are raised. At this time, we do not have any public comment on this item, so we're going to go to our next, which is we've covered a lot of subcommittee work, but I'd like to go round robin to see if there's any topics we haven't covered. And so, Teresa, we'll go back to you on the recover. Are there any other topics that you've met or worked on? Uh, that you'd like to update beyond the parkway design? Not at this time. Okay. Um, on the retain and recruit, uh, and I'll look to Monica, any additional things on the businesses, the work, and uh, helping streamline permitting or any items you want to give an update on? I think we've covered a lot of the items, uh, and also we're hoping that your meeting tomorrow night with City Council will move some of the things forward, like the permitting and the approval for CDA and things like that and uh hoping we talked a little bit about bringing up the idea of interim leasing at the b of a to simulate some of that activity but i think we've covered a lot of that in the, the topics today and we covered the the marketing on the cda so i'll go to walter on the diversification anything we haven't covered we did the waterfront presentation but any other items you've advanced the ball on just a couple, a couple that kind of tied together. We talked about some of the individual items. Um, you know, of course, big picture diversification results in a healthy economy. And um, so our focus right now is take a little, little bit of Marinship because um, the diversification is a little bit at risk uh, of changing so that we wouldn't be as diverse in terms of zoning violations and this type of thing. So some things that were mentioned earlier uh, would be to take an inventory 
of businesses, a business inventory, and then perhaps look at uses. And are the uses uh, in accordance with the zoning or are they violation of the zoning? Um, so that's one thing we would take a look at. Um, you know, we also the other thing, you know, Malcolm had an idea that he may want to talk, touch about briefly about uh, a guest birthing program, uh, giving an opportunity for people, visitors uh, coming from the water to have a place to uh, to tie up for the day or for the, you know, for overnight, that type of thing. So he's he's pursuing that. And I, I'm not sure if uh, Malcolm, you you want to speak to that. Uh, why don't you go ahead and jump in? Sure. Um, so a little good news, bad news. Um, I talked to the five biggest harbors here in town and got a hard no <laughs> from three of them on, in fact, almost everyone said a hard no on a city leased uh, short-term visiting yacht birth program. Um, none of the marine managers were enthusiastic about having the city lease a berth that they don't have control. Um, they're a little worried about, you know, the vetting because they have a pretty comprehensive program now to, um, you know, verify that the boat has insurance, is registered, um, you know, isn't going to be a, a loud party scene all night. So the good news is that two of the harbors um, are almost fully open again. They've been shut down for about a year and a half for guest berthing. Uh, during the spring, fall, and summer months, not in the winter, um, just due to you know weather concerns. But uh, Schoonmaker and Clipper both have um, accommodation for up to some pretty large yachts. Schoonmaker up to 180 feet um, on their end ties, and uh, Clipper I think can go about 120, 100 feet. They don't want boats that are too large. Larger than that, it gets to be. Uh, mechanical forces on their docks they're they're worried about that if a wind comes up or something but um, for both those harbors two, two bucks a foot um, is readily available they um, schoolmaker says they average between 800 and 900 visiting yachts a year on their guest birthing program I was surprised at those numbers clipper is a couple of hundred typically um, both harbors are fighting a sea lion invasion problem <laughs> uh, that they're having to figure out some ways to keep the sea lions off the docks because if there's not an active boat there, the sea lions tend to sort of move in pretty quickly and do a lot of damage. But um, So the good news is that the city doesn't really need to expend city resources to rent a berth, and then we never did get very far about who's going to manage this. Would it be public works or parking enforcement or someone? The harbors already have a program. I think it becomes more of a marketing and promotion uh, function where we would try to partner with the harbors and maybe the Chamber of Commerce. So when visiting yachts, either look at our website. Um, if there's buttons, again, I'm just brainstorming. I'm not a marketing person, but uh, buttons where they're coming by ferry, by bike, by car, or by, uh, by boat, that would take them to some resource pages where we could explain how to get a guest berth, what it costs, and what amenities are available nearby. And once the boats do land here, uh, I'd love to see a local resources guide that we could give them, and I'd be happy to help participate building that um, for the boats that are here so they know where to find you know, laundry services, maybe a restaurant guide, um, what sort of shopping is available, what mechanical and you know vessel services are available, things like that. So, um, 
we do have a pretty available uh, guest birth program. It's just not something that we as EDAC or the city council, or even the city is gonna have much participation in. That's yeah, my I, short version. Thanks, thanks oh, Malcolm. I called at one time, these visiting yachts spend twenty to $30,000 when they're here visiting on all that, you know, many things. So it's uh, it's good business. Uh, and when I know the city is trying to advance the project at Bridgeway Marina, and part of that trade with Bridgeway Marina was to have 20 visiting slips on the outside uh, on each side of that marina. So that would be also something for us to keep our eye on. Yeah. Yeah, that, Thanks, that's Malcolm. news to me. I don't know much about that, that marina. Um, I'd love to get more up to speed, but I don't know. I don't have any contact info for the owners of that property. Hmm. I think John uh, DeRay want to talk uh, uh, briefly about the uh, inventory and, and perhaps even the enforcement. Right. I'm going to uh, share my screen again. Um, I have just a couple slides. Okay, so we did a little brainstorming session about uh, economic diversification with our subcommittee, and I kind of came up with this graphic. So we think there's three building blocks, data, marketing, and enforcement. So I'm just gonna breeze through this really, really quickly. Um, so if I can get to this. Okay, so data, I think we talked about uh, some of this, uh, Walt mentioned this, um, this inventory update that we need. We're gonna be working with Albert who did this 10 years ago. He's got some requirements. We've asked uh, Lily for some help um, regarding some of the things that he needs access to his, his old database. Um, we also uh, need to take a look at the occupancy use permits, a list of business uh, licenses, sales tax data, and vacancy uh, data. Uh, vacancy data is something we are compiling um, uh, in answer to Monica's question. Um, we're getting information from um, LoopNet, uh, from just walking around the Marin ship. Uh, some uh, of the vacancies are available even on Craigslist. So we do see um, some of those, but I think the inventory will give us uh, a clear picture of this. Um, in terms of marketing, um, you know, this is where we would like to work closely with CDA to um, accomplish this um, idea of uh, economic diversification. And a big part of that is not only the taking advantage of the maritime blue economy, but also this idea of uh, the marine ship uh, continuing to be in, in people don't realize there's been about 25 captains out of the marine ship in the last uh, decade. And then enforcement, um, uh, we need to really um, d define what are the legal uses in the zones. Um, there are some more complex ancillary zoning requirements that need to be, uh, um, uh, attention need to be brought to them. Um, we've contacted some of the neighboring uh, code enforcement officers in uh, Novato and San Rafael and um, just uh, examine the, the data that we have. Um, we do have code enforcement procedures that are already in place, but as, as you probably know, our code enforcement uh, is a little unusual. It's all done by complaint-based as opposed to our other local communities um, where they actually have staff to do that. So it's a little challenging, but um, it's something that needs to be addressed. That's it. 
Okay, thanks, John. And uh, Rachel, um, ha she has to leave to go to four o'clock, and so uh, we can uh, table comments until next meeting. And uh, and that's all we have to report, Tom. Okay, thank you, Walter. That completes our subcommittee report outs. Um, I'm going to open it up to public comment on uh, the four report outs that we've had. We'll give it 10 seconds to see if anyone in the public raises their hand. At this time, I see uh, no hands raised, so we'll move on to the next. We have two items remaining. I'd like to ask our liaisons uh, for updates, our two city council liaisons and our CEO of the chamber um, for updates, and then uh, discussion of agenda items, and I've drafted some proposed agenda items for our next meeting. So can we go to the council liaisons for any updates you might have for us? Thanks, Tom. And excellent meeting, you guys. I think you had a lot done in two hours. I'm impressed. I think I gave all my updates. If you all have follow-up questions, I uh, will try to track that information before tomorrow. Teresa, I already connected you with the Planning Commission. Um, Tom, you'll see an email. I tried to get more information on the RFP, so it sounds like reaching out to Brian is a good idea. Um, any other questions or concerns, please let me know. I'm happy to help. Thank you, Vice Mayor. I have nothing more to add. Thank you. Great meeting. Thank you, Councilmember Sobieski. And Julie, any update from the all important chamber? Um, well, the visitor center is going very well, and we are working on our grant opening. We are waiting for a confirmation from Senator McGuire's office. On our, We have a tentative date of June 24th. However, we have just recently found out the senator may have a conflict for that day. So uh, we should find out in the next couple of days. And we definitely see more tourists coming back. It will be nice to have the ferry running again. They're telling us that it's going to be the 16th of June. So, you know, fingers crossed that that happens because it is definitely needed uh, downtown, not only just for the visitors coming in, uh, we have several people that commute to the city and it, it will definitely help them. So I think that's that's all I have for now. Thank you, Julie, and congratulations on the chamber's success. Um, right, any questions or comments for our liaisons? Bob, uh, you're on mute, Bob, or at least we don't hear you. Okay, here I am. Uh, a dear friend of mine, Harrison Fraker, was the uh, is Dean Emeritus at the uh, College of Environmental Design at UC Berkeley, and for Janelle and Cass, uh, he, he's he's been heading up many sea level rise symposiums around the world. Actually, he just got he just did one in Nantucket. So if you if you want someone from the academic